Happy New Year to all of my Jewish friends. I, I'm not going to say it in Hebrew because I'm going to butcher that shit. But happy Friday to everybody else. I don't. Can Jewish people even listen to this right now if you're on New Year? Like, do you do technology? I know nothing about. I'm sorry. I'm a. I'm a really ignorant Gentile. Anyway, well, we are continuing the sweet Oklahoma trend with the one and only Josh Welch. Yes, the man, the myth, the legend. What I really like about this episode is. You know, we talk about Sweet Home Oklahoma, and there's so much talk about the ladies and their friendship. But, uh, you know, I felt like on that show there were some beautiful, beautiful moments uh, between Josh and Jen and Josh and Pumpers. And we talk about a lot of that. And Josh, I don't even think I bring it up. Josh, he does. Josh is so open with his struggle with addiction and his uh, and his struggle to stay sober. And it's just, you know, as a therapist... I feel like everyone has a personal relationship with addiction, whether you who have been in it or you know somebody who has been in it and usually somebody close to you. And honestly, if you're listening to this and you say, I really don't know anybody who struggled with addiction, then bookmark this episode because, sugar, I'm telling you, whether it's you or somebody else, one day you're going to want to hear another story about this because it, it's just a matter of time. And I'm speaking from that from experience. I was kind of grew up very naive, like, oh, this won't ever happen to me. And then when that came into kind of my circle of, of friends and family, I was like, wow, this is a much bigger it, it's so prevalent. That said, it's totally not a downer of an episode because it's Josh and he's fucking funny as hell. So I just think, uh, again, he's just the perfect combination of what I want this show to be. Hopefully helpfulness and hopefully inspiration to you. And at the end of the day, leaves a smile on your face. So and this, I want to say a huge shout out to Jen because this interview happened a lot because of her. Because she, <laughs> she said, I texted her and I was like, do you think Josh want to be interviewed? And she said, just text him. I'll tell him to do it. He'll have to. <laughs> So we'll see. She also said that she'll make Pumpers do it too. So I'll have to reach out to Jen and maybe I can get Pumpers on the show. I mean, I've interviewed everybody everybody else from Sweet Home, Oklahoma. So might as well get the whole show, sugars. All right, everybody. So without any further ado, the wonderful, the kind, and just really, really real, really authentic Josh Welch. All right, well, we're going. Hello, everybody. It's a podcast. Welcome. Welcome to Dear Maddie Show. This is, um, as y'all know, I have a, I have a, a fever for sweet Oklahoma, a sweet home Oklahoma, and it can only be remedied by interviewing everybody on the cast. So today I have Josh Welch. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much. I'm glad to be on it. Um, I have to say, you would think I would be used to this because I'm from Oklahoma, but I love the way you talk. It's actually quite sexy. I know your wife is probably going to hear this and go, oh, God, don't tell him this. But your voice is beautiful. Have you ever thought about going into voiceover? Well, no, no, I haven't. And if you compliment me in any aspect, Jennifer's going to be extremely pissed off. I mean, she has to beat the narcissist down to to (laughs) teach. Well, I think you're very attractive. Does she like – and because you've got this whole, like – the whole like it's very attractive. I mean, I'm not a woman, but still, like sometimes my my own ovaries go a little crazy when like because you have like when I first saw the show and you had this like rocker vibe, and, but then you're like so into your kids, and I was like, oh my god! Like, have you had any women like tweet your answer and Jen's like, oh god? Well, I mean, like there's some you know some people uh, some ladies will. Say stick with a man bun or, you know, you're hot or you're sexy or, you know, all tongue in cheek stuff. But it's, 
you know, one thing I do look back on filming is I wore this top knot, you know, that looked like a sumo wrestler. And so now I've sort of adjusted that to more of a Euro knot that goes down a little <laughs> bit lower. And I literally look at it and cringe on TV. I'm like, who in the fuck let me wear my hair like that? And Jennifer says, I tried. I tried. I told you you look like a sumo wrestler. I tried. And I see it now. So I'm kind of a slow study, but I definitely see it. And I've remedied it for those people that are interested. I've fixed it. I have a more Euro, Euro man bun now. So if season two comes, we don't know yet, but if season two comes, then we expect new hair, new hair from Josh Welch. I think you're going to see the deluxe five-star, sexier European version of Josh Welch on Sweet. (laughs) Absolutely. So that's amazing. So, I mean, I've talked to Lee, I've talked to Jen, and I know that, so I've talked, and a lot of my listeners have heard kind of like how, we heard Jen's story of kind of how this got started, but... I'm just wondering, like, uh, was it always a given that you were going to be involved in this? Did Jen did give you a choice? Like, how did that how did that conversation work out for both of you deciding well, to do I this? Remember, um, I was probably out of rehab for like two or three months. And Jennifer comes in and tells me. And keep in mind, we're still trying to sort of figure shit out and work on our relationship. And yeah. You know, am I going to live in the house? Am I going to be on the street? Blah, 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 blah. And she says, hey, you have this Skype interview with some blah, blah, blah. And I'm kind of like, what the fuck is this for? You know, what What do you mean What do you mean Skype? And she's like, oh, someone contacts me online about, you know, a design reality show, blah, blah, blah. They want to talk to you. So, you know, I hopped on a Skype literally 90 days out of rehab thinking, all right, whatever. And had a conversation with the guy. Honestly, I don't remember who it was. I was just sort of doing as I was told. And my take on it is that they sort of interviewed me and some of Jennifer's friends and they go, look, you guys are so fucked up. How can we not do a show about (laughs) you all screw this design boring bullshit. Let's do it about you weirdos that, you know, are just trying to kind of figure life out, just taking it one step at a time, trying to just keep our head above water. Really? That I never thought about that until you said that. But so they originally pitched this. They wanted because they could have gone that route. Like this is a design show, and every show is like about a remake or redo or whatever with her friends. And so literally, is that what happened? They, that was the intention. I, I, and then I think that's what it was. And we were good friends with musicians uh, from Oklahoma, the Flaming Lips. Some people might know who they are. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we we had I was a criminal defense lawyer doing photography. We had a rather eccentric lifestyle for Oklahoma anyway. And so I think that they thought she was interesting and her design was sort of blowing up at that time. And I remember it being that that was sort of the angle on the Skype interview was her and more about her and her business and her life. And then I think that they got a hold of like me and pumps and said, God, this is solid gold crazy shit right here i mean how can we not do this that is well you know i think that's why it is why i love the show so much because i see i see the people reflected that i know from oklahoma you know like you are my uncle leonard my uncle leonard is you like he's just like a 65 year old version of you that doesn't sound good any any sort of uncle Like the dirty old uncle that fills up, no. kids at, you know, Christmas dinner. You know, I don't need. To no, do Uncle Leonard was. He's like the uncle that he like moved out of Oklahoma. He now lives in California. Okay, but I'll, he like 
I'll t- I'll t- yeah. I'll take that version of Uncle Leonard. I don't want to be. Yeah, he was like either. had all the girls like back in the 1950s. He would wear like the jeans with like the penny loafers, and he almost he kind of looks and reminds you of like a beetle. All right, I'm, so like he's, I'm in. I'll yeah, take it. Yeah. Oh yeah, but you remind me of Uncle Leonard because Uncle Leonard also too. You'll be having a conversation, and then he'll just be kind of staring up at the ceiling, and all of a sudden, you'll say, "Uncle Leonard, what's up?" And he's like. Motherfucker, have you ever thought of that we're all made of stars? And you're just like, what the fuck? And I, definitely sometimes you say stuff, and I'm like, where did Josh get this? Where did it come from, yeah. Yes, where did it come from? When your mind's kind of on overload, and and you just, you know, I, like I just tune out sometimes. It's like someone gets three sentences with me, and if I'm not into it, then I'm out. Just thinking about something different, or and I think it helps with this group of friends. There's literally zero filter, you know, amongst us. We could, you know, if Pumps was taking a shit, I could wipe her ass, and neither one of us would think twice about it. I mean, that's just the, that's just our people. That's just what we're used. That's what. I, amen. That's what you do. Now, are you are you born and raised in Oklahoma? I grew up in a small town in southeastern Oklahoma called Hugo, Oklahoma. A town. Oh, I know. Hardmore, yeah. So it's it was a challenge, you know, being a you know I was the kid that liked the weirdo. At that point, it was alternative music, The Cure, The Smiths. But I played sports and it was a huge partier, which was how I got along with all the cowboys and you know just just did the whole thing. That's a, we used to go to choir contests at Southeastern, so I know that part yeah, of the state quite well. Yeah, Durant. Um, so, and so, okay, so you were from Stell. How did you, I don't know, think I asked her this. Maybe we don't know. How did you and Jen meet? We met uh, at a bar in Oklahoma City called Flips. And I think she was at the tail end of a not-so-happy marriage. Mm. I was single and in active addiction. Just, you know, would drink, pop pills, you name it, I did it. Blowing and going. And mm-hmm. we just met at the bar and just, uh, you know, she's a tall drink of water, five foot 10 blonde popping around. And at that, at that point I was kind of a bigger guy, kind of a, but I had great game, just great bullshit. You know, like on the bullshit, <laughs> now I, had, I was a 10 Now on the looks and weight. I was about a four or five, but I think that the bullshit over one, the, uh, the weight issues. That's hilarious. So what, so I have a question as far as like you, cause you have been so open about, uh, your struggles with addiction and everything. And it's really admirable. And I'm not saying that like, as, as I'm saying that as somebody who knows in that, I mean, I've never, I think the only thing I've really been addicted to is maybe chocolate and, and Dick, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, but I did, you know, being a therapist, one of my fir- first internships was, a crystal meth recovery group and I learned so much but something that struck me with your openness is like I remember guys in a group of like 10 guys would be so afraid and scared to kind of of judgment and to share their story and to kind of talk about this process how did you decide that you were able to do this in front of millions of people or did it not feel like millions of people because it was just y'all on the cameras like what was that process for you well, I'm, first of all, it's something I've struggled with my whole life. So it's not like, uh, 
you know, when I went to treatment in summer of 2015, that was the fifth, I think the fourth or fifth time I'd been to treatment. So mm -hmm. it wasn't like I just sort of over a period of time had an epiphany that I could talk about this thing. I mean, I'd lived with it my entire life, first going to rehab when I was 18 years old. So, you know, over a period of time, addiction humbles you. You know, if, mm. if you do it right, you gain a certain amount of humility about who you are, what sort of power you have over this, and you become a decent human being. You know, you just sort of see your shortcomings. And now it doesn't happen like that overnight. You don't just, you know, go to treatment and all of a sudden you're this great person. But I've battled it a long time, so it wasn't new to me. And uh, when I practiced law, I went to treatment in 02. And I sort of used it to my advantage. I did criminal defense work and I represented drug addicts and criminals and people that had addiction issues. And I could relate to them because I was one of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just something I sort of turned what, what a lot of people think of as being shameful into sort of a badge of honor. And that's, you can do that with addiction if you get into the solution. You know, if you're sober, you can wear it like a badge of honor. But if you stay fucked up all the time, you stay in the middle of the addiction, you're hurting people, you're lying, you're cheating, well, then you can't do that. Then it's a crutch that ultimately brings you down. But I just sort of used it to my advantage. So I didn't have a hard time really sharing it with people because it's all these things people know about me already, if, if that makes mm. any sense. No, it does. It makes, I've, I've said to friends before that I feel like um, people, uh, I was saying this to one, one of my friends, this is years ago, but she was going to date this guy. And she's like, she was getting to know him. She's like, he said that he's, you know, he's sober now and he's gone through years of addiction and, but he's been sober for like two or three years. He's very active and like going to meetings and stuff. She's like, but I don't know. And I told her, I said, you know, I feel like people that struggle with addiction and for people kind of like you said, that start to get involved in the solution, whatever that is, and kind of get on the, not the other side of it, because it is a day-by-day -day thing, but, you know, you, I think you understand what I'm talking about. They, yeah. At least, like, get that perspective. I told her, I'm like, I swear to God, that's so attractive to me, because they've, cause I think that there's a special thing of people that are fighting addiction, and when they get into that solution, like you said, there's a humbleness and there's ability to set boundaries that a lot of people that haven't struggled with addiction, I don't think, sometimes never get in their yeah. lives, because they never have to, like... I mean, it almost, it's different, but it almost reminds me of like, like when you, like being from the South and being gay and that like I had to really kind of, it's not a disease, so it's different in many ways, but there is like a, you have to come out about who you are. And I had to come out of being gay. You have to come out about being an addict and struggling. Just, you, you meet it head on. I mean, yeah. and you own your bullshit. Now, I think that's the thing that separates a lot of us are, are the cast on this show is that we own our bullshit. You're not going to see me uh, walking around trying to be somebody I'm not. You're not going to see me trying to convince people I'm a great parent or, you know, I was a great person all these years or that, I'm, mm -hmm. you know, all these things. And the one thing I'll say about addicts, you know, if, if you could put me with a guy who's lived a straight you know, by the book life his entire time, worked 40 hours a week, clocks in, clocks out, no problems, married one time, or put me with the addict who's had a hard life, who's in the solution. You know, I find the latter group of people to be the most interesting, 
the most caring and loving because they've been to the very bottom and they've been able to come back from it. They have an insight about things that the normal people who've never had these problems, they just don't have. And so, you know, I, I think if you can overcome the addiction and stay sober, I think that, you know, you have the potential to be this just amazing person. A lot of people I'm friends with that are sober are just so amazing because they know what it's like to be cast aside, to have nothing, to have hurt people and had to reconcile that within themselves. You know, they know these things. And when you have that kind of insight, it definitely allows you to be a much better, caring, compassionate person. Oh, for 100% agree, 100% agree. I always love, I love that story when I interviewed Jen, she, uh, pardon me, she said, boy, Matt, the first time I dropped him off at rehab, I was like, done, I fixed this, we are good to go. She's like, and I hopped on that plane, and she's like, and boy, I was in for such a rude awakening. And I bring that up in that, um, what has the response been from from people that, um, because you and Jen, again, you're so open, not just about your process, but also her process in your relationship and with your children. What what has been the response uh, that you've received from people seeing this on the show? I, I think overwhelmingly, I think that people enjoy um, reading and seeing it because everyone lives it. You know, everyone is impacted at some point in their lives by either someone in their family or someone they love and addiction. And so to hear someone be honest about it and to admit the the bad parts of it and the good parts, I think is refreshing to people. We're not trying to put a pretty face on it and sell it to anybody. This is just how it is for us at least. And people magazine ran a article on it and that gathered a lot of attention I think from Jen's perspective about why she stayed with me and her understanding and knowledge of addiction and, and after having seen it for the past, you know, almost 20 years with me, um, an appreciation for other people that go through it. And I think people enjoy seeing, uh, that it's possible to come out on the winning side of it. You know, that you can overcome it. You can forgive people that hurt you, you, that you still love. Yeah. One, how, how did like, I think it's one thing that's so beautiful what you and Jen do is how, and I'll use this as an example for people that have seen the show. Um, if you haven't watched the show, Sugars, watch, it's like 30 minutes. There's what, like 10, 30, it's like just joy. Just binge it. It's yeah, amazing. 16, 30 minute episodes. Yeah. And it's just, I'm telling you, you're going to walk with all the shit that's going on in the world. You're going to walk away like just more happy about life. That's why I love this show so much. Um, And so, but with, I feel like you and Jen do a really good job. Honestly, I think a lot of you do. And that like the the older I've gotten, I'm almost 40, I'm 38, but still it it helped me a lot in therapy. And I was one of those persons that was like always trying to people please and kind of doing all of that. And then, um, you know, how do you all seem to, but especially you and Jen, you have this perspective of knowing when somebody is going through something, a lot of times it's not about you. It's almost like you don't take it personal. And a, an example I use from that, I was really impressed. Like, I, it, it like made me teary. What The episode where you and Jen were going to renew your vows in Santa Fe and Jen, yeah, it was kind of, you know, a joke. It started out, but then you were going to do this. And then Jen 
really like was triggered by that or whatever you want to really couldn't do it and was really bothered by that and your response to her of just kind of meeting her where she was was so beautiful instead of I think a lot of people could have taken that personally as you don't love me you don't care about me you're not committed to me and what what enabled you to not do those things that I feel like I see a lot of adults do well I could see that she was I could see that it bothered her and that she was hurting that you know that aspect of our life was really dark and sad and especially with two boys involved so you know I was sensitive to that that when she said you know this isn't something that that I want to do and laugh about you know th this is something that was painful to me that is ours and I don't want to go through this recreation of our vows and be tongue-in-cheek and laugh and joke. You know, that was too painful for me. And I could certainly understand that because, you know, I lived it with her. And, and so I just respected that boundary of hers that, you know, we can laugh and joke about a lot of things. And, and I always would say about our show that, you know, a lot of times we laugh to keep from crying. That's sort of... Yeah. Sweet Home Oklahoma is that, you know, Lee's going through a divorce or she's divorced. Pumps was going through a divorce. We all have kids. I have addiction related issues. I resigned from law. We could all literally get into a ball and cry all day long. But we choose to sort of lean on each other and laugh and enjoy life instead of cry when we could do that. I mean, it's we wake mm -hmm. up. There's these days where it seems overwhelming. Um, but, but so that's how we use humor, at least in the show, is to not necessarily deflect from the sad things, but as a vehicle to get through the sad things. And so I guess I sort of got veered off from your question. But when I could when no, I can see Jennifer hurting, basically, I, I recognized that and thought, OK, you know, enough joking, enough about the vows. This is about us, and that's a place that she doesn't want to go to, and I think that makes perfect sense, and I should respect that. It was, well, it was beautiful, because again, I think that um, I, like, one of, like, you know, I normally, uh, my show is, an, it's like Dear Abby, people writing advice questions, and we don't have any today, because you're special, but um, uh, a lot of times, I tell this all the time to, like, my listeners, that the, the, you think that, that whatever is happening that you think someone else is doing to you, I'm telling you 99% of the time it's not even about you. It really isn't. And it's somebody's going through their own process, you know? And um, I think it's just, like, again, the way you support each other is so beautiful. Well, and we had been through enough that you know, I obviously knew that she loved me. So for us to, to need to do a recreation of our vows, for her to prove that, I just, I, I realized that's silly. It was, it I recognized that it was something that while it was funny and comical, it was also something very painful and she didn't feel comfortable sort of participating in that. And I think it made perfect sense at that point just to kind of stop it, spend some time alone and let us talk through it. Yeah. You know, but that all, again, all of these things are possible because I'm sober. Now, if I'm popping pills or drinking, you know, all bets are off. Then it's a complete shit show. Yeah. There's crying, there's sadness, there's boys not seeing their dad. There's this whole other side that, you know, people that love addicts or alcoholics that they see, you know, on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So we, we do try to show a happier side of it because right now I'm sober, but 
you know, there's been plenty of heartache and plenty of just, you know, complete and utter sadness and misery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and again, it's, I mean, uh, Carol Burnett always says comedy is tragedy plus time. I love exactly. that. Exactly. That's a good, that, yeah. Yeah. Um, Carol Burnett, we love her. Now, <clears throat> what, another thing talking about, sorry, I hope, I hope your wife, uh, or not wife, but I hope Jen told you that I like to go deep. We go yeah, into it. Yes, so it's okay. Good. Something else I love to talking about, like just meeting people where they are and truly supporting people for the, who they are. I love the friendship that you and pumpers have because especially coming from the South and I'm sure you see it. Like I, there's so, I literally have girlfriends back in Oklahoma who won't even let their husbands be friends with other women because of what people will talk about and the same and all this kind of like stupid jealousy bullshit. And I love how Jen supports this friendship with pumpers. Like it seems like, Pumpers has really been like, it's really been a, a rock friendship for you, right? Yeah, and we've known each other a long time. You know, I she worked for me when I practiced law, so you know we we go way back. And I I think you know I think there's also a scene where we're at the lake house where you know I popped a Viagra and Jennifer's she says good luck with that and she's not going to bed with me and so I see pumps and I just kind of hump her like a dog would like hump another dog, you know and. And yeah. Pumps just rolls with it. You know, she's, it's not one of those, Oh God, what are you doing? Or, you know, it's just, it's all in fun. It's not. And we're fortunate that we have that kind of a relationship. We're just not, when you've lived in addiction and you've lived in life or death situations and you've been through the things we've been through, you tend to eliminate all the petty bullshit in your life. And I think that's what we've done. Like we don't get mad about who's with who or, you know, any of the other things, like you said, someone might be jealous if you're hanging out with someone else's uh, girlfriend or so, you know, we're just not like that. And that's the benefit of having been through real life problems. Well, what do you think is like, so when I watch the show, I feel like this is going to be a weird analogy, Josh Welch, but bear with me. Okay, yep. sugar. Um, sure. So I feel, I feel like when I'm watching the show, normally I like, I've got my pants on, my shirt ready to go. Like I'm watching everything play out. But then I feel like, when I get like to the road trip where it's just you and pumpers or any scene where it's just you and pumpers, I feel like, okay, now I'm unbuttoning my pants. I'm taking my shirt out a little bit. I'm just going to chill out and relax. I, like, do, I, I, <laughs> does that make yeah, sense? I think that's what we do. You know, we're just, she and I are, she's kind of like a, a wife, an ex-wife, a sister, all of these things wrapped into one. You know, I, I mean, there's not any, sexual chemistry between us but we sort certainly banner a lot with each other back and forth about i think it's more i feel like more there's i if, if you had told me that she was your sister and he was your brother i would believe yeah, it 100%. Yeah, i think it's it, we know like uh you know we may be somewhere and i go pumps you have such big tits i go can i see one and she'll just pull <laughs> one out and say yeah there it is i go thank you i appreciate that you know it's it's, it's just that kind of yeah, and, and whether or not people want to admit it, you know, all people are kind of weirdos. You know, some people want to come across as being, you know, very calm and under control, and but we all sort of have our weird. No, you and you and Pump say the things that everybody else censors himself. Like we all think it. We all think, wow, my friend has big tits. I kind of want to see your tit, but we don't say exactly. it. But you and Pump say yeah, so it. Just sort of unfiltered. But and that's the I think that's the chemistry we have with each other because 
you know, she could like, we could be driving somewhere and she could smoke a cigarette and she could look at me and goes, Josh, I have to take a shit. I have to right this second. You know, then I'll drive us to a Seven Eleven or a gas station and she'll get out. And, you know, it's just one of those things. It's like, whereas nobody else in the world's going to say that, you know, even if it's one of your wife's best friends, they're not going to just look at you and say, Josh, I'm about to shit my pants. Take me somewhere. <laughs> you know, but with us, that is, you know, that is important. I don't think people, I just said that to my boyfriend like three months ago in San Diego, like we were in the middle of a nice dinner and I said, you've got to put the wine down because I'm going to shit myself right and I, now. And, and, and Pumps and I both have that sort of in common where we sort of have these, you know, issues with our bowel movements to where, you know, when we have to go, we have to go. It's like almost like an eight year old or a six year old or a baby, even like an infant where you just no, I'm right don't have any control you. over it. So... Yeah, I, I like I said, amen, I get it. Now, um, okay, so this is going to be a very serious question. Hopefully you can handle it. Um, are you ever jealous of Tubbers? Because it does feel like Jen loves Tubbers more than anything and anyone. You know, um, I would say yes and no. I mean, I'm, I'm not jealous in sort of a, you know, like a romantic way or, or anything like that, but you know, I would, she, she loves that dog more than anything in the planet. And when she gets off work after a long day, she wants to spend a few hours in her bed with her laptop and tubby right next to her. And, you know, sometimes I may want to come in there and say, Hey, sweetheart, how was your day? Blah, blah, blah. And I've done that a few times. And I sort of get the impression that, Hey, this is my time in my bed with tubby. <laughs> <laughs> get the fuck out okay I, I had a good day i'll talk to you later <laughs> now it cracks me up too a little bit because i don't you have other dogs because they you never like we see them we don't even yeah. know their names I, I feel like they're the step dogs I, I, I think there's some some uh blatant discrimination going on with other dogs <laughs> i mean we've got yeah. ruby and we've got spike and spike loves me the most he's a little uh I think he's a Pomeranian. I don't really know dogs that well, but he's like the little white fluffy dog. And yeah. he always wants to be around me and he yaps a lot and kind of drives me crazy. But, you know, I, they definitely catch the short end of the stick. And, and we remind Jennifer of it too, that she doesn't even hardly act like they exist, but yet Tubby is like this grand marshal at the parade that gets all the love and it's just, <laughs> You know, with Roman and Dylan, I think it's total bullshit, you know, that she does that. But she does. She loves Tubby. I mean, you know, Tubby's got a celebrity appearance next Saturday here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Really? Where? My mom used to live in Edmond, so I know uh, I where that know is. I don't know the name of it. Jennifer handled all that. But he's going to be there for two or three hours taking pictures with people. And he hates people, by the way. So we're going to have to really work on that with him. And. Oh and yeah. Promote PR. all these dog products and and he gets free food for a year. I mean, Tubby's the real deal. People love Tubby. He's a pretty cute dog, I'm not gonna lie. Well, I mean, I mean he's um, a dog though. So, you know, Jennifer takes it to an extreme. He's just a goddamn dog. <laughs> I mean, I thought I'm a crazy dog person, but and I maybe I would be, but she's on another level. But also I'm like but now I'm in a difference because we just put my dog down like three oh. months ago. So I'm still like kind of grieving that a little bit. It was my first dog. So I'm just like, 
I feel like you do it. You do a parade. Do whatever you want. Um, exactly. So I have another question, only because you know I'm I'm always tentative because I don't want to intrude in people's lives. But you brought them up with Roman and Dylan, which, by the way, I fucking love those names. I even told Jen that I love those names Thanks. so much. Um, well, my nephew's name is Dylan, so obviously I love that name. But I love the name Roman. I love a good strong old name. He was name. named after Harry Dean Stanton's character in. Uh, Oh, what was that show about on HBO where the the Utah polygamist where they uh, uh, love, big love. love. Is it big love? Yeah, big love. Yeah, big love. I think Harry Dean Stanton's character on Big Love was named Roman, and that's where we got the name from. Oh, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so, but with them. <clears throat> I mean, their parents were very honest about who they are. And so, like, how would how do they deal with this? Do they watch the show? Do they even care? Like, what's this been like for them? I think uh, a lot of a lot of it. Um, Roman was younger. So initially when it aired, I had to talk to him a little bit about some of the things that came out, like when I resigned from law. And mm-hmm. my addiction, you know, just because he's he's 11 years old now. So if you go back five or six years, you know, that puts him at five or six years old. So he just didn't have a true understanding of it. And, you know, we told both the boys that if we do this, that we would have to be honest about it and share some things about our family. And, and hopefully by sharing these things, we could help other people. And they were supportive of that. But I I will say Dylan, the oldest, uh, he's probably more impacted by it because he's a freshman in high school. And at that age, if you remember, you're very concerned about your appearance and what other people think and making friends at high school. And, and so, you know, when it's out there that your dad is a drug addict and that he resigned from law and blah, 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 your parents had problems and divorced. I think he's a little more sensitive to it because of the circles that he runs in, you know, in high school as a kid and yeah, mm-hmm. and versus Roman is in fifth grade. And I think his, you know, his friends don't care. They see me and they think, Oh, that guy's on TV. You know, they can care less about mm-hmm. all the other stuff. So, you know, it's been, there's been a learning curve with us about it, trying to be sensitive to, you know, what Dylan's going through with it and answering any questions he has. If there are things on the show that he didn't know or, or, didn't really understand. And, um, you know, I, I definitely have learned some things about that process with him, that if there is a season two to, to maybe handle a few things differently, you know, not, not be any less candid or honest, but address these things with the kids maybe in advance because you film all these things. And sometimes you don't realize what all was. You don't realize what comes out. I feel like you probably get really, I mean, Jen and Leah both talked about, like, the first day was very nerve-wracking, like, the first week, and they said, then you really do kind of forget that they're yeah, there. Yeah, and you forget what was said about your life and and how that might be, uh, how that might impact, uh, you know, your kids, for example, you know, and... and Y'all are so lucky as someone who's, I've done, like, pilots and things for reality shows for people and seen other people. I feel like y'all are very lucky in the way that you're that you've been edited because they really that they they really fuck people over in editing and how they totally recreate they'll show the back of somebody's head and insert a line they said to someone else about something completely different that creates a whole other narrative yeah, and i you know that's a testament i think to evolution who produced our show and to jen morton who's the executive producer and 
she just stayed true to to what you know our vision was for the show and you know i love how they sort of presented as being quirky and you know i i just think she stayed true to the vision of it when it would be easy to try to make it uh you know to where we're catty or coy with each other you could always take sound bites or things to where we're kind of hateful or mean to each other but she knew that wasn't our show you know and she stayed true to it. So I would give a lot of that credit to her and, and the crew at evolution production. Oh, I would too. I would too. All right. We're, we're getting close. I know you got, you got, yeah, I know you got shit to do sugar. Um, so, yeah, um, I got tons of shit to do. <laughs> tons of shit to do. So I, I want to, I, you know, I, I'm stealing this question from, I was just on her, uh, podcast, but a girl named Kate Casey who has a show called reality life and Jen did an interview yeah. with her. And um, I really like her, Kate, and and, uh, and she's great, right? Isn't she, she wonderful? Is, no, I caught I caught that too, and um, she does a fantastic job. She's awesome. She does, and I just I actually uh, it aired today. I had her on my show, Dear Maddie. It was really. Boy, if you want to learn about somebody who had such a fucked up childhood and life, and like, I mean, it's crazy. She talks about her dad, who like who believed, who grew up in Pennsylvania, but now believes he's Irish and speaks with an Irish accent. And like, she's watching a documentary like with Bono narrating. And then there's her dad talking about his experience in Ireland. And she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I mean, just so, but um, anyway, the reason I bring up this question is because uh, she's all about like, kind of like, she says, you know, why I love reality, interviewing people with reality TV is that we only see a spot of their life, of what's going on in their life. So, and she asked, I think, Jen, a question was such a great question. Like, do you feel like there is any part of, of you or any of you on the show that you don't think was, um, that was reflected? I mean, she's asked this of pumps, too, and I know it was great. Lee and I had a big conversation about Lee being a mom, and that wasn't really reflect, reflected a lot in the show, but she got to talk about it here, like... So do you feel like for you or for you and Jen, was there something like, oh, I don't know if we had time to get that or they didn't really get that aspect or do you think, did they get the whole picture? Well, I, I, I would answer yes and no. I, I think they got the full picture, but behind, and I alluded to this earlier, behind a lot of the laughter and bannering, there's a lot of sadness. And you yeah. know, the show is a comedy, but you know, you don't get to the place that we got to without experiencing a lot of pain. You know, I don't know if, if that makes for good watching or good viewing, you know, to, to show the pain and that aspect of it. But it was certainly a big part of our lives. I mean, you know, we don't wake up and, and spend the whole day sort of bantering with funny one-liners back and forth. You know, we it's like Angie's living in a new house, experienced a divorce. There's a lot of behind the scenes, you know, bullshit that goes on with that. A lot of sadness, a lot of kids heartbroken. You know, there's our kids trying to overcome me having been to treatment um, and not understanding where their dad was. And now he's yeah. here and he used to practice law, but now he doesn't. You know, there's a lot of stuff like that. And I don't know that they could capture that, but I, I think... I think that they did a good job capturing our show, but it's like I've tried to convey to people that, yes, it's about laughter, but we literally are laughing sometimes because we don't have the energy to cry uh, because mm -hmm. it, it would just, we could sit in our own shit forever and ever and maybe not get out of it. Uh, 
if we're yeah. dead honest about it. And again, I don't know how you know interesting that would be for people to see that component because I think the viewers see mostly the funny stuff. But we don't get to the funny stuff without having had all the heartache and all the other stuff. So it's definitely there and it definitely is part of our lives every day. I feel like it's there. It's there in a way that seems it's it gives it makes it um, it's contextual in that you do at least maybe I see it more because I'm from where you're from and I feel like um, <clears throat> there's so much, especially I think really any family, but especially in Oklahoma, like addiction reigns is so prevalent and well it is in our country and so but still I feel like my family does the same thing you know like we talk about we tell the story almost every thanksgiving of when my grandma you know found out that her husband uh who had she had six kids with was cheating on her and she went over and ripped the screen door off of his mistress's house and and beat her up with a yeah, chili can i mean why her kids yeah, watch this yeah, and there's view it. shit like that that happens all the time and i you know i grew up in uh same type of environment, you know, in a small town like that. So there's a lot of dysfunction and, and, and we, yeah. And that's fucked up. But when we tell that story, I mean, we are crying, laughing yeah, exactly. at the, at Thanksgiving. Yeah, and it's, it's a good way, you know, it's good that you're in a place now to where you can laugh about it. The, the question is, is yeah. what impact did that have at the time to the people involved in it? Because, uh, you know, it's, it's, that's kind of serious shit that you go through is, yeah. And it we is, do live is. in a, you know, we're all relatively progressive. I don't want to say liberals, but, you know, we live in a red state and we're all uh, pretty progressive. But we're not, you know, for a lot of people that watch the show, they may not be, you know, progressive. And that's okay. We're not about trying to label people as needing to be conservative or uh, liberal. You know, my big thing for me is that you treat people nicely. And I don't give a shit if you're a Republican. Most of our really good friends are Republicans. Most of our really good friends are religious, very religious. We're not. Mm -hmm. But I don't care about any of that stuff. If there are people watching the show or listening and you voted for Trump, I don't care. But what I do care about is that you treat other people with respect and you're kind and compassionate. And if people can't do that, then I do have a dividing line with them. You know, I, I don't. Mm. I, I don't know why I felt sort of compelled to say that, but I think online uh, some people have seen that we have somewhat progressive political views. And, you know, I just want people to know that I, you know, a lot of my really good friends feel differently about politics than I do, and that it's okay that we think differently about things. But it's not okay in my book to be mean to people, whether it's transgender, homosexual, addiction, minorities. That part's not okay, nor would I tolerate in any respect. I'm I'm right there with you. I think it's important, you know. Um, that that's one reason that you know what drew me to this show is like, oh, there's a show on going to be on Oklahoma, and I thought, oh, it's going to be like a housewife show. I was like, but I should at least watch. I'm going to like watch a trailer and see. And then when I saw Jennifer say that line of like, we're in the land of Trump, but not everybody voted for Trump. I went, whoa. And again, it's not a it's not a Republican Democrat thing, but I thought, oh, these are some of the people that I potentially relate to in Oklahoma and know. And I don't mean like Democrats, but I just mean, again, I know Republicans that are like pumps that are very Republican and Christian and would go to a gay pride parade and celebrate these people and not judge them because their value, their Christian values, 
they feel like does not mean the same thing. Uh, they don't understand how other people can twist it to hate against people. So I think it's, I think you also show a good breadth of what people really are like in Oklahoma because being from California, I say I'm from Oklahoma and people roll their eyes and they think that I'm just, I'm, I'm just friends with people that are, you know, alt-right people. With exactly. And you know, in Oklahoma's not like that, but there's a lot of people here too for, you know, for our viewers that live in small towns or if you're a Republican or, you know, this show is still for you. It's not, you know, our, yes. our points of view aren't necessarily a dividing line on who can enjoy or watch the show. The show's not as much about that. Like I said earlier, most of my dear friends are conservative Republicans who go to church all the time. And I respect that. I respect you getting to have your right to have your own beliefs about your God and, and who you think would best lead the country and things like that. And I don't, you know, I don't want that to be a divider for some people and say, well, I'm not going to watch those, you know, liberal fuckers, fuck them. Because that's not, that's not what the show is about. We are inclusive for everybody. And the only thing that I will get, you know, really irritated at or, or really angry about is just when people are mean to other people without knowing sort of what they're going through. You know, that to me, that, and so I will every now and then tweet something about Trump or, you know, you just read so much of the stuff he says and it, bothers me and I try to temper that because I recognize that a lot of people have different views than I do and that those views should be respected but it, it's challenging but I do well it's also it's different though too in that when a when a president is 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 sympathizing with Nazis that's not that's not political yeah. anymore that's like it's human just, decency. Yeah. So you've got to speak out about those kind of things because there's other people probably in Oklahoma that want to talk about th I mean, honestly, on a personal level, I know I actually meant to send Jen a text about this. Just even recently, I kind of put something on Facebook about not being a Christian and not really kind of believing in any of that. And that was really, I realized I probably only did that, honestly, is because, honestly, because of you two, because I grew up in a place where, you know, I'm very spiritual, I believe in God and shit like that, but I'm just not, I just don't buy into that. But as an Oklahoman, I never would say that because of the wrath I worried about getting. And I really have to say from watching you two, I really had this point of, why do I fucking care about that? I'm a good person, I try to do good things for people. I don't want, and I see a lot of people, not everybody, but I see a lot of people that call themselves Christians that are horrible. Yeah. And I don't want to be that. So why, why do I care about this label? And I, yeah, I got some kickback from it. I have like a cousin now who was really upset about it, but I, I, I don't care. So anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to make it about me, but by watching your show, that influenced me a lot. I'm glad that it did. And, you know, I, I've sort of been down that same road and, you know, I just want people to respect too, that, that if you, if you're a conservative Southern Baptist or, you know, I respect that. I, I don't ever want to try to tell someone that they can or cannot be a certain way. You know, it's, it, it's not that so much. And there's Oklahoma's full of a lot of really good people who are conservative, uh, you it know, is. Who, who are devout Christians, really good people. And really good people. Too. Yeah. It's just, um, and I may be making, you know, too much of this, but I, I don't want our show to sort of get involved in any sort of political dividing line because I, a lot of the people I dearly love, are completely different than I am as far as political views or religion. Well, and even Pumpers. Pumpers uh, very is talks about her faith. Very, yeah, her and, kids go to a Christian school, and it's a very different world than what my kids. 
it, and I love that you both honor that. You don't make fun of each other about it. You might, you don't, I mean, I'm sure y'all, y'all tease each other about everything, but it's not anything mean and you don't just assume, uh, well, if this person believes this or thinks this, then obviously I can't get along with them, which I think a lot of people yeah. do that now. And I think y'all show such a great shot. Well, then of there's that. one scene in uh, Santa Fe where Pumps and I go into this old church and she prays for me. And it was, you know, kind of a heartfelt moment. And, and I told her I wouldn't say anything during it. I wouldn't make fun of it. I, I was honored that she would, you know, think enough of it to, to want to say something kind about me to her. God. And when we mm -hmm. walk out, I remember we were both drenched in sweat. And I remember I said, you know, these churches have more money than God. Why can't they turn on the fucking AC? You know, and we both yeah, just exactly. busted out laughing because it was... <laughs> Yeah, it was funny. We we don't get it was funny, but you still were respecting the moment. I thought I love that scene. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. I forgot. I thought that was such a beautiful, again, a beautiful way of friends meeting each other where they are, and and instead of like, I feel like if anybody's listening to this and they start they start to judge someone for something, just ask yourself, can I judge them or can I appreciate where they're coming from? Like, if you can just stop yourself and say, can I appreciate instead of judge? And if you can appreciate that, then that it's such a different way of looking at life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I, I couldn't agree exactly. more. Um, ooh, this just makes me want to go to Oklahoma and hang out with y'all. Come on. Um, <laughs> come on. Okay. Well, real quick, last questions. Uh, chatty Matty questions. So these are the same five questions that I ask everybody every week. Um, and so Chatty Matty number one, what is your most memorable childhood smell? Smell. What is my most memorable yeah. child? I'm going to say I was a big football player in high school. So you'd walk in Hugo High School. Oh, that's so hot. I'm imagining you in football pads room, now. Sorry, Jay. And it would just absolutely stink. Like boys sweat, smelly balls, you know, just complete. And, and it's such a strong odor that it's just something I, I don't think I'll ever forget. You know, it's just we all have this small room where we put all our gear in and it's just this really strong, smelly odor that smells like boys sweating. Well, now there I'm around. You go. <laughs> there you go. That's why I threw uh, the balls <laughs> in just for you. <laughs> Thank oh. you. Yeah, I appreciate that, sugar. Um, all right, Chatty Manning number two, what would be the name of your memoir? Um, just one word or just a sentence? No, it can be whatever oh, your memoir, whatever you want to. I forgot. I, I should have written down what Lee and Jen's were. Yeah, I, no, I think mine would be. Uh, it's not all champagne and pussy. <laughs> How about that? You know what? You need to write that book because people would buy it. That's amazing. Not all champagne That's and pussy, and boy, I tried to make it be, and it just couldn't be. Boy, that's amazing. Um, all right, Chatty Maddie number three. What's the best piece of advice you wished you'd taken earlier in life? Um, you know, honestly, I, I wish I wish I could have stayed sober. You know, and, that, and I know, you know, a lot of people gave me advice to do it, and it's sort of hard to understand. But I first went to treatment at age 18, and last went to treatment at age 46. So... There's about 28 years there that I wish I would stayed sober uh, because I could have 
would have been a lot happier and, and it would have uh, wouldn't have hurt as many people you know made a lot better decisions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's that's I understand that um, well so on the other end of that though uh, chatting man number four what day would be your groundhog day or what day was so awesome that you're like I could live this day over and over boy that gets a little dangerous um, like <laughs> ever in the history of of my life, anything? <laughs> are you talking about just any particular day? Any day, like, or 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 what is your best day? What okay. is your like favorite? Let me divide day? it up into. I would say there's two categories. There's like there's sort of the evil category, and then there's the good category. I love, I love, I feel like if Jen was here right now, she would say, Josh, just answer the fucking question. It's just one, I can just hear her like saying this to you. But you know, being a drug addict, (laughs) there's this evil component that, so I would say when I discovered mixing pain pills with Red Bull and vodka uh, and listening to Radiohead really loud on my way to Dallas with a friend of mine, you know, those sort of euphoric times would be. I mean, you know, it's hard to top listen to a song really loud when you're really fucked up and feeling good. Oh, okay. But yeah. so that's but but on a much lighter note, you know, and what's more real possibly is, mm-hmm. you know, I would say my first son Dylan being born um, and just seeing not to minimize Roman's birth, but just your firstborn and and just seeing that this little creature is is part you and you're responsible. And just mm-hmm. how much love you have for that child, you know, and and Jen and I being able to share that. I mean, it's just, it's, it's as good as it's, it's as good as it gets. And I know that's cliche and that's corny, yeah. but when you have kids and you enjoy those moments, like right now with Roman's basketball, you have these moments that I wouldn't trade in a million years for a bottle of pills or a rock concert or. A room full of hookers. You know, I, I wouldn't. I would rather be at a kids' basketball game than any other fucking place in the country. Well, and that includes traveling yes. to Europe or anything because it's just, it's just dynamic. And when you have kids and you love them that much, then you'll understand what I'm talking about. I do. I do. Dylan is getting so tall, by the way. Extreme. Yeah, he's he is... six one, almost six two. It's. He... You tell him. I don't mean this in a weird way, but I thought I was like. That's a handsome kid. Like, he's got the cool hair. He's tall. Like, you, if he worries about fitting him, he's totally, remind him, he's going to look back on this and be like, damn, I was so cool, and I didn't even know it. Exactly. No, I think so, too. He's got that sort of JFK Jr. kind of bushy hair, you know. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. Fun, it's fun beautiful. watching him grow up and going through kind of these awkward teenage years and being this really handsome, really handsome boy. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, last one, Chatty Man number five. When are you most inspired? Um, I would say when I'm doing photography. You know, I I, I really mm. have this sort of artistic component that I, I absolutely love photography and trying to make beautiful images. And it's just it's there's a fulfillment I get from sort of doing that and being artistic with it and. That, that I don't get elsewhere. It's almost like therapy. Um, just be anywhere, really, with a camera and take any sort of picture, whether it's a landscape or my boys or, you know, a model or a fashion shoot, whatever it is. I, I love it. And um, so I hope that answers your question. 
No, you have a death answer. I, the well, and I hope we get to see more of that. I hope in season two of Sweet Home Oklahoma. Um, Josh, thanks so much for hanging out with me for an hour. I appreciate it so much. I know y'all are busy and you got lives and uh, school started and it's, you know, busy time right now, but I appreciate hey, it so thank much. thank you very much. And I enjoyed it. And I will definitely look forward to listening to the podcast um, next, next week sometime. Next week sometime. So um, it'll be up and uh, yeah. And so, for, so tell everybody else where, uh, I think I follow you on the Instagram. Tell everybody where they can find you if you want to be yeah, found. on Instagram, I'm at Josh Welch underscore J-O-S-H-W-E-L-C-H underscore and the same uh, for Twitter. And my website for photography and imagery is J-O-S-H-W-E-L dot C-H. That's the website. And I... And I'll put that in the show yeah, notes for I people too. So you they having me on. I do want to say this. If I haven't said how much I love Jennifer, I want to just scream it right now so that she doesn't beat my ass later. But, <laughs> but, but in, in all, I think you got it across, but well, go in ahead. In truthfulness, um, Jennifer is the reason that I'm here and that I'm sober. And she never gave up on me. And for other people out there who love drug addicts, uh, or family members who have drug problems, you know, don't give up on them because she didn't give up on me and it's given me my entire life back and my ability to be a father and contribute to our family. So in all seriousness, I, I owe every bit of goodness that's happened in my life to her because she believed in me and didn't give up on me. So there you have it. Well, there we have it. And what a great place to end. So, Thank you, Josh Welsh. And for the rest of you, you know the drill. Um, do something for someone this week, and we'll see you next week. Bye. So when I did my interview with Lee from Lee Murphy, she said, I told her I wanted to interview Josh, and, she, and I said, I think Josh is kind of cute. Like, he's just kind of sexy in this way. And she said, oh, God, Jen will, Jen's going to roll her eyes when she hears that and say, don't feed the ego. So... I'm sorry, Jen, but if you listen to this, I think there's going to be a lot more people out there that have a crush on your husband because this man, he's just, I just, it takes a lot of strength to, um, to me, like being a strong man, strong, strong person, rather, let's take gender out of it. Being the strongest person is the person that admits when they fail and they try and try and try to, to to succeed even when when sometimes they feel like they never will and I know that that's what addiction can feel like so the fact that he's just that he's doing it and that he's doing it with Jen and that he's just trying to be a good kind person I just you would think that would be easy but for a lot of people that's not um and I just think that Josh Welch leads with his heart and that's why I love talking to him today so Hopefully y'all enjoyed it, Sugars. Let me know. So here's the deal. We're we're going along. We are cruising along. So if you're listening to this show, I have some big news coming up of a show that I'm gonna be guesting on, which will happen next week. So uh, I won't don't want to announce it yet until I know when it's gonna air, but stay tuned for that. So that'll be exciting. And two new shows actually. So mom, apparently I'm starting to sleep with the right people, I guess. You know, well, don't tell my boy. Well, y'all know I don't. I'm kidding. So, but anyway, so that's really exciting. And, you know, if you're listening to the show, whether it's TBT time or you're listening to our new Broman show, which is awesome, always leave a review on iTunes, leave a comment, 
and the best thing you can do, tell your friend about this show. Actually, personally, tell them. Tell them that you love this show and that you like listening to it. And ask them to listen because that means the world to me. All right. I love you guys. And I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.